You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your hosts, Adam Thorne and Mark Hampton. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. Hello and welcome to, I'm going to say, a very important and special episode of the JRE Review. Uh, Good morning from me, Mark. And good morning. Good night from you. It's almost my bedtime. What time is it there? It's uh like eleven. So I'm in Paris, France. Yeah, you're in Paris. You're back home in good old sunny California. Good old, and we're trying to make this work. Good old U.S. of A. Where uh, you're you're missing out, <laughs> man. Um, there's a couple of fires today. Big old billowing smoke from my balcony. It was a little scary. Oh, no, there fires again? Yep, it was pretty windy. There, All right, well, I'm so. glad I got out of town. Yeah, you got out at the right time. There we go. There we go. So today's episodes, podcast 1366, um, Richard Dawkins, big fan, have been for a long time, very interesting guy, just super smart, a very important person. You know, and, and, and in a lot of ways, even if I was a religious person or more religious, I think he still would be that because uh, because of the way that he creates the dialogue on the other side of the of the conversation for religion. And then 1368, Edward Snowden. I had no idea this guy was coming on. It was a truly incredible podcast. Of which I think Joe said like four words, which he should at best because nobody was listening. Nobody was listening to what Joe had to say on that episode. It was it was Edward Snowden's three hour TED talk, and it really was. Wow, did he do a lot of talking? He did. All right, I will let's say, get into it. Let's well, get into yeah, it. Go into it. Richard we'll, Dawkins. We'll, go. No, no, no. I was just saying. I will. I, I will say regarding uh, the Edward Snowden. I do miss. I I love Joe's curiosity, so I kind of missed his inquisitiveness when it comes to Snowden. But I feel like Snowden just like came with just such a bulldozer of information. There was really nothing to ask. So yeah, but that. But we'll get into mm. that. We'll get into that. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. All right, Richard Dawkins. Uh, is this you're familiar with Dawkins from before this? podcast correct with uh with richard dawkins yeah 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 i love richard dawkins i, I i've mainly seen him on like okay. bill maher and stuff like that and some news shows but yeah mm. okay well he's been you know i when i lived in england he he would often pop up in conversations and discussions on religion and uh and, and a lot of my life i mean i remember hearing about him and and got into reading his books um so i'm I'm, you know i mean i could just hear his voice for like one second and i know who he is like he's well known enough in england and uh he's pretty well known here i think so Uh, first time on rogan uh which was cool i know they've been trying to set this up for ages i don't know why it takes so long for some people it's it really is like I'm sure Richard Dawkins had no idea who Joe Rogan is. Oh, I'm sure. I would say that for it doesn't sure. Doesn't seem like he would. He's just like, who is this guy? I think he enjoyed the conversation though. 
you know, I it's Joe is surprising for people. I think, uh, especially when you're teaching at Oxford all day, and then you see someone that you know is probably wearing like a clinch MMA shirt, mm-hmm. sitting across from you with like full sleeves, and but then starts to kind of. I mean, Joe had a lot of knowledge um, about different religions and mormonism and scientology and and it was cool to to hear them getting into it so his new book is called outgrowing god you know you could just hear that title and you'd know that was a dawkins book for sure absolutely uh i i i think i've read two of his books at the god delusion and then uh, i'm trying to think of the other one um i don't want to say they get a bit samey but how many ways can you say that God doesn't exist? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, at least for me, this is kind of where it goes. It's like when I'm thinking of how many books I want to read, uh-huh. I don't know where. I'm like, one one at least for me was enough. I'd like to hear some feedback on on this new one, see if people like it. But, uh, uh, you know, it's a little bit like Neil deGrasse Tyson's books. Right. You know, they are fascinating, but how many of them do you need to read before you're like, all right, I still don't really understand any of this. And some of that was pretty interesting. <laughs> I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get into it. Why is there religion? Right. And, and they both kind of hit the same point, like the afterlife. Mm-hmm. It is that, right? It's like, why even create one or follow it or think about it? We're just so obsessed with death. Yeah, we're obsessed with the end. Um, but I, I think human beings crave structure too, and I think religion gives that. That I mean, going back to your comments earlier about how um, Dawkins probably had no idea who Joe Rogan was, and he was a bit surprised. But Joe has an amazing intellectual curiosity. He likes to understand things. He likes to know things. Um, and I think pe- I think the human condition is always a search for answers. It's uh, an answer, always a search for the answer to the mystery, the who done it of everything. Now, some people become satisfied with their answers, and to uh, to discount those is you know blasphemy. But I think that's the human condition, searching for answers, and I think religion fills that. I mean, religion is. I mean, it's a cornerstone of human civilization. You go back to Gobekli Tepe in, um, what is it, Istanbul. They think it's the first church. I mean, we're talking, we're taking, dating back to 12,000, 14,000 BC, something like that. So religion is a cornerstone of the human experience. But I really think it's a, it's a quest for answers of why we're here and what comes next, what, you know, what is afterwards. And then, they've cultivated that and there's a you know a fear of the unknown fear of the afterlife and um a lot of it's hedging your bets and being on your best behavior because if you're not then you could get fucked in the afterlife well just better not to be bad right sure sure and when you stand there too like any priestly person and say listen i know all the answers because of this set of rules that I was given from a god. Right. So we don't need to question anything. Definitely don't question me. Mm-hmm. And I know where you go after this, which you can never prove. Right. I mean, really, all religion is saying that we can tell you the answer to something that the greatest scientists 
of 2019 can't even get even close to answering. Now, obviously, the other group is just guessing. They're just making it up. But they're, but they're telling you it in a way that, you you know, it, it just sounds better than a scientist going, oh, yeah, we can't prove what sure. happens there. We just don't know. Hey, man. Some- what annoys me, though, mm-hmm. you, you say it's that search for answers, but isn't the search really for truthful answers? Because what is the point of bullshit answers? Oh, it's absolutely the search search for truthful answers. I I've, I felt like that was kind of inherent in answer, but yeah, it's a it's a search for truthful answers. Now, how how far people go for that truth is left open to interpretation. Some people seem see, some people search as far as they want to. If they find a satisfactory answer, that's good enough for them. Um, some people are never satisfied. I kind of feel like I'm one of those that's never satisfied. How about you? Well, I mean, it it just has to be truthful. I mean, there has to be evidence. Right. Someone can't just say this is... I mean, it just seems like almost everything with religion. Very quickly, you realize these aren't truthful answers. Like, how could they possibly know this? How could anyone know this? True. And then you're like, well, this person told this person. And you're like, yeah, but in my experience, and I'm only like, let's say that you're a young kid learning about religion, you're like 13, you're like, well, in my experience, when so-and-so tells so-and-so and they hear from so-and-so, it's, and I knew the original event, it's already completely changed. Right. Yeah. So, so answers is, is yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I've, I think that you're right. It's more... It's more the search for answers almost than an answer for the afterlife, which is another answer. Mm-hmm. But the the truthful part of it is very small. It just does not seem that important to people. And I know religious people. I've lived with them when I have come over to the United States for the first time. And they, like, sponsored me to go to school. And they were really, like, kind of, you know, old school Baptist type religious right. people yeah that you know and, and it sounds kind of bullshit to be like oh i have to be really patient with them it, i don't mean it like that i just didn't understand it sure i just had never heard anything like that and i tried to be respectful but it learning the truth or, or any kind of logic was way less important to them than defending some sort of nonsense and i did notice they got way more aggressive about defending their position than I ever tried to be on mine. Right. I was just like, all right, cool, fine, okay, evolution doesn't exist. What what do you think happened then? Or what else could be happening? There was just no question. There was there was nothing about truth. It was all just about, I've been told this, this is the it's answer. dogma. And that was, t- dude, that was terrifying. Yeah. That kind of shit's a bit terrifying. Yeah, man. I grew up in the Bible Belt. I That was my life. That was it, it was it was kind of nuts the first time that I ever encountered like a religious group that didn't believe in evolution that not only just didn't like discounted it, which would be one thing, but like, you know, I'm just not like they were venomous about it. They were like, We don't come from monkeys and just shouting. I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> like this is No, we don't because we are monkeys, yeah. you silly. I mean, of course we're monkeys. good lord. But it was crazy. It was all because I was dating this girl that was like supremely religious. And, you know, for some reason, 
I thought going to church with her would be some avenue in, if you get my drift. But um, uh, it was just, um, yeah, it was nuts. And yet I still went back. That was what he was even crazier. But yeah, I didn't even try to argue at all. I mean, it wasn't, there was no point. There was no point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, and same thing. I went to church. I went to Bible sure, there's, study. It was to meet chicks, though, for sure. There's rednecks in, uh, it just there's was. Rednecks in Albuquerque. <laughs> no, there's loads of them. They're, that's what they are. I mean, it, this was east of the mountain, too. This was in, like, a little town called Mariante. I mean, it was, yeah, there's plenty of that. Gotcha. And But what was crazy about it, too, though, as I found, there's a lot of nice people. A lot of re- they were very nice. Oh hell yeah! Like I noticed it in a sense of niceness. Like they were nicer than my family back in England. They were nicer than my neighbors, like back in England. Sure, people would come over when we moved into an area. They bring like fruits and a little basket and say welcome to the neighborhood. And they, you know, I'd go over to my friends' houses and they they would just they were nice. Like they so. And to say, oh, all this came from religion, I I don't know. No, maybe, yes. But it was such a big part of their lives, and they all went to church, that there kind of was, like, this thinking about, like, being nice and neighborly. And, and, you know, I could definitely see positive aspects of it, at least when it came to those things. Sure. The only problem was you couldn't question anything. And because I love asking questions and always have, that was... That was always going to be a major issue. What I liked Dawkins talking about is he says he's never spoken to anybody that had a really persuasive argument or really any persuasive argument for the existence of God. That was one thing that he said, and then he followed it up with, but he's met incredibly smart people. Right. And he knows they are, like, so smart. I think he was talking about the Archbishop of Canterbury, maybe, um, who who can finish your sentence before you get to the end because he knows what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as he goes back to very basic kind of, you know, silly, story-timey aspects of his religion, Richard expected him to just be like, oh, yeah, those are just metaphors for things. It doesn't really mean that. But he did. He believed it. Right. And that's where it breaks down for Richard. He's like, okay, all right, what are we doing here? You know. I know. Uh, you know, if your belief system is based on empirical evidence, nobody's going to have a good a good argument for God. That's just, at the end of the day, and that's how Richard Dawkins is. At the end of the day, there is no empirical evidence. There, I mean, that's the whole crux of faith, right? It's like, I, they have faith, they don't need empirical evidence. That's kind of how it is. But if you have somebody who's steadfast, is like, I must have the evidence, you must scientific method to prove, you know, said belief, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. It doesn't matter how intelligent they are because they're just, you can't, you can't, because at the end of the day, it is faith-based. Do you think that this whole, the point of it is you've got to have faith, blah, 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 is is just their thing because they can't prove any part of it. Yes. In fact, if you look at religion, they're always trying to prove it, but it's so unprovable 
that they just make up this faith bit of it to cover all bases. And then they turn it into, instead of the weakest part of their argument, they're like, it's actually the strongest. If you don't have the faith and you don't believe, and it's the faith is the leap, and that's how you get there. Yet, if it's all about that, why do you have to set up these massive churches, you know, that make you look, like, incredibly powerful, which is all the biggest buildings in old Europe before they had skyscrapers. I mean, the church was like, wow, this is incredible. This must be, you have all the money, right? Yeah. And that's just the human nature. Get all the power, right? And then you have these stories and artifacts and different churches that are supposed to hold the different remains of all these very religious events and, and, then you tell these stories about all these miracles. It's like, hold on a second. Do we do we have to have faith, or are you trying really hard to prove it? This is like what UFO people do. Exactly. You know? Yep. They, they don't tell you to have faith. They're trying to prove it. They just don't have any proof. Exactly. And they're doing their best. So, so this is like, this is it. I'm like, I don't think you really want us or require us to have faith. You just can't prove it. So this is your out. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I think it depends on who you talk to. I think of if the first time it was ever uttered, it was made. It was made up. I think some people really, truly believe it, but I think that's been instilled in them by someone else that, and it was still instilled in them and that person before them, the person before them, person before them. I I, I truly do believe that these people believe it. And I'm of the position that if it brings them peace, then no pun intended, go with God. Um, but I do think that, it, I mean, it was made up eventually. It had to have been made up at a certain point um, because right. that's that's all you have without empirical evidence. You simply have, you can call it faith, you can call it hope, you can, you can call it whatever you want. It's simply a word. But... Um, yeah, I, I but I do think most of these people actually do believe it. Um, and I don't think they're just making it up off the top of their head as an excuse. I think they truly do believe that faith is the cornerstone and the belief in this without empirical evidence is a cornerstone of their practice. Um I, I, I don't I don't see the same way they do, but I I, I think most of them are earnest about it, that's for sure. Well, yeah, but they didn't make the religion. No, they didn't make the religion. I'm talking about the people that Oh, the people that made it, yeah. It, because you see it oh, in, I, I think it was very... In the newer religions. It was very much a way to, I think, control the masses. I mean, it's... It, I mean, if you are a history buff, you know... I mean, research the history of simply Christianity. It's very well documented um, about how this things were put together. I mean, Council of Nicaea... I think it was around 300 AD where they basically a group got together the you know the Holy Catholic Church or what the beginnings of it and basically decided what was going to be in and what was going to be out. Then we had the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls that had chapters of the Bible that were not included um, that were pretty eye opening. Um, you had the Gospel of Mary, Gospel of Thomas. Um, a lot of them were part of the Gnostic scriptures, which was a different sect of Christianity that um was actually a little more re- more closely resembled east resembled eastern philosophy 
um, more like Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, things like that. There was a more of a spiritual aspect to it than you found in early Christianity. Um, and that was stamped out because there was, because one of the main reasons, and I've studied this a lot, um, is because there was no real hierarchy to the Gnostic church. Um, they didn't want a hierarchy, ah. but so one of the reasons that they fizzled out is because there was no hierarchy. There was nothing to maintain structure. Uh, whereas you had with the council of Nicaea, when what eventually became the Holy Roman Catholic church, there was very much a structure. I mean, there was a huge debate on whether or not they were going to consider Jesus to be um, human or God. They didn't know. I mean, these are documented. I mean, I'm sure there's huh. other accounts that, you know, other people that might um, differ in that account. But these are some extraordinary things. I would love, I would really love for them to do a, like a f- phenomenal job. Put Or I almost wish, even back then, they'd made one book of all the works that they kept in and one book that they didn't. I know. Which maybe, who knows, the Catholic Church has now but it's like the time jesus kicked a donkey <laughs> or just a bunch of fucking stupid shit and they're just like wait what and they're like i'm telling you dude he did right. it. he had a bad day we all well do. dude i mean and it's just left in there uh, the da vinci code i mean da vinci code was an incredibly controversial book it struck a chord with me because i'd read the gnostic gospels which well, a lot of them were part of the dead sea scrolls um but i mean and there was also this phenomenal documentary done on Christmas, December 25th, 1999. It was called The Historical Jesus on a and It's an A&E biography. I don't know if you remember that show or even watched that show. It was an awesome show, it was called, but it was The Historical uh-huh. Jesus. Two hours, and I watched the whole damn thing, and a lot of it was based on the Gnostic texts from the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um and one of the big things, Gospel of Mary and the way they talked about Mary Magdalene, not his mother Mary, but Mary Magdalene, who many people consider to be the prostitute that Jesus like took under his wing and forgave. Well, these Gnostic texts strongly insinuated that Mary was actually his wife. And if you looked at historical ta- context for what a Jewish man at that time in history would have gone through, they would have learned to trade from their father they would have um, taken a wife. I can't, there's like five things. It's been 20 years, so I can't really remember the other three, but one of them was take a wife. And it was strongly insinuated that Mary Magdalene was Jesus's wife. Now, obviously we'll never going to really know, but that was a big thing. So when it showed up in the Da Vinci code, there was a lot of controversy, but for me, I was like, Oh, I've heard this. I've heard this many times. It was quite fascinating. But it flew in the face of... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it flows in the face of Jesus' virginity, his uh, divinity, things like that. So it can't be included. Can't be. Well, not to get like too off track sure. with, or too into the woods about this, but I'm interested yeah. since you might know. What did they think of men that didn't get married? Well, I'm sorry. Repeat that. Paris. Sorry. What did they... Th- sorry. <laughs> Paris. Yeah. Paris, what did they think of men back then that didn't get married? That I don't know. The, like, how was that seen? I don't know culture? the answer to. I just know that was a Jewish tradition. I mean, one that carries on to this day. Ah. How many Jewish mothers want their sons to get married, <laughs> become a doctor, and get married, of kind of thing? Yeah. But it was a it, it, it was a rite <laughs> of passage for Jewish men at that time. I mean, it was very traditional. You learn a trade. Jesus learned carpentry. Yeah. You have a family. You do these things. Well, it's 
it's interesting that you took the point of going back even to Christianity way back then to show why it was brought around and how it was brought around and for what reason. In a way, you almost don't even need to. And and they hit on this. It's like you can go to Mormonism, oh, absolutely. Joseph Smith, not that long ago. We've got so much of that history. You can really just bring it straight to fucking Scientology. Absolutely. I mean, it's it just came around like the guy was like, hey, the best way to make money, create a religion. Yep. And then just followed all of those types of steps. And people didn't give a shit. It's almost like they just want to be a part of this thing. And as soon as they built what looked like a big church... And they had medals, and they had an altar, and they talked about this divine blah, 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 and they kind of, you know, kiss everyone's ass as you work through the levels. It's like, oh, this is this is how easy it is to get people into something, even when, if you just take five minutes and sit down, you can just real quick be like, oh, this is bullshit. I don't, I, do you think any Scientologists smoke weed? Oh, I think so. I think, I think there's got to be some out there. I mean, I've you really? Yeah, I mean, I'm. How the fuck could you do it and just sit there with this nonsense? Unless you're just laughing at it. Unless you just think it's that funny. I don't think a majority of them really believe what's being sold. Some of them do. Mm. I don't think all. I I don't think a lot of them do. I think the ones that get in too deep don't want. You can't get out because they're terrified. Um, I think the rest of them, I mean, because there's levels to even find out the secrets and things like that. Although, you know, in the last 20 years, it's been harder and harder to keep those secrets because it's just the information yeah. age. But um, the intro web, I, I think. A, Thank you, Google. I mean, I think a lot of it. I mean, shit, a lot of them are actors and artists and stuff like that. It's kind of a way to get ahead type thing. Um, I'm, I'm not saying they're all like that, but I think there's a lot of people that. I don't think they're buying everything that's being sold to them. A lot of, uh, they might be buying some of it, but I don't think, I don't think all of them believe it. That's, at least that's how I feel about it. I feel like, well, that's reasonable. That's probably like every religion anyway. I think right? so. I, I mean, I, I mean, think they're just... probably, it's probably a little more with them because they're also, I mean, they're pretty specific to, certain metropolitan areas <clears throat> you're not gonna there's not a lot of scientology outreach in the midwestern united states you know what i mean yeah probably not yeah probably a, not. you know anyway this this was a good one this i i mean if you are religious or you have questions about it or maybe you're young and you struggle to like make sense of it all um this is definitely one side of the argument that's worth listening to there's obviously another the pro-religious argument but you're probably already hearing that or have done your whole life so yeah you know i would say check this guy out uh, he's a fascinating example of a very intelligent man that spent a very long time thinking about this and uh you know comes at it from the angle i believe he's a biologist so i think so comes at think, it from uh, yeah kind of a different angle yeah he's not a philosopher or like a religious studies guy but he just spends his time understanding this stuff and makes some great point about Great points about evolution too, and how it works, and and yeah, this was a seven out of ten for me. I liked this one quite a lot. I wish it was a bit longer. I, I have to say, you know, I maybe that just means that I'm addicted to listening to Rogan's podcast. But once they get going, <laughs> and you're like, you know, an hour and a half in, or two hours in, even like, yeah, it's a long fucking time. But once you get that far, it's like, well, let's get going. 
let's just continue this and finish it. And with right. that, well, let's move on to Edward Snowden. Holy yeah, speak, shit. Speaking of long podcasts. <coughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, he. I mean, it really wasn't any longer than his regular ones. No, you're it, right. It seemed that way because Edward just was just hammering. It was just him talking through. Pretty much, and it almost needed to be like he had a lot to say. I don't know if he's ever had this um, um, kind of um, forum, I guess, before. Uh, in that sense, I mean, this long. With that kind of audience, can can you think of? He's, I, I, you know, it's not like I followed him that I would, closely, per, but perhaps not uh, unfiltered in length. I don't think he's ever had just, <clears throat> pardon me, three hours to simply just talk and not stop. Um, I, he's definitely gotten a forum. He's a been, been a very popular person to interview for. All sorts of new, uh, all sorts of media, whether it's the news or entertainment. Well, yeah, but like those that. those are always bullshit. That's the point of, of course, Rogan's yeah, podcast. Yeah, no, Rogan is that that type of interview is like get the fuck out. I loved of in here. the beginning. He was like, "Well, I don't want to get into the weeds or get off topic and or, or get you know whatever." And Rogan was like, "Nope, there's no there's no template. There's no schedule. Just go, just talk. Just I want to hear it." <laughs> yeah, he just he just lights a joint and just sits back and goes. Take it away. Yeah. Yeah. Just get I appreciate that. I liked, uh, you know, he kind of set it up. He's like, look, I don't get paid yeah. by Russia. Yeah. Um, he didn't get into a ton about how he lives out there, but he, but he did, and he kind of spread it throughout. And that was actually some of the only questions that Joe asked. And I like that right. because Joe was like, personally, how are you feeling? Like, how are you doing? And I like that because obviously he has a wealth of information. I mean, he almost has like the do aliens exist information. <laughs> yeah, and I after know. he spoke, I kind of feel like he has maybe the most of that sort of information anyway, just because he had access to the system. But, you know, he makes well, money he makes, with speeches. He makes a point of that. He actually spoke <laughs> um, at my girlfriend's college, I guess. So this is not unusual for him to like have these video conferences. Sure. So he must get paid for that. Um, I don't know if Joe paid him. I don't think Joe pays his guests, but he might have. He might have paid him. I kind of got the because this is pretty. I got the feeling that maybe he had been compensated somehow because I felt like he made a point yeah. of saying this is one of the few ways he can get compensated or something like that. That's it. And you know, Joe usually flies people out anyway. Probably puts them in hotels, so it's not a big deal. Right. Um, if Joe makes an exception, this is a truly fascinating one. So, so that's that. Uh, he just came out with a book. I don't know how the fuck he's going to sell that book in the U.S., but it, it might. Well, it might. He happen. can sell it. He just he can um, sell it. But he just won't get money from it. Is yeah. that right? Because the publisher can put. Because I mean, First Amendment, freedom of the press. They can't stop them from publishing it, but they can stop him, the publisher, from paying him. I mean, he even he mentioned that. In the beginning, that he can't get, that he won't get money for this book, that they'll freeze it. I mean, I imagine huh. most of his assets are going to be frozen, or all of his assets are frozen, and any any um, attempt to wire money to him is, are going to be heavily tracked. You know, they're looking at that publisher. I gotcha. You know, they're 
Yeah, but in other countries he can get paid, right? So maybe it's just a way to like, you know, if it hits like New York's right. bestsellers list, right. in a sense that's like payment itself because other countries will want to buy it. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, you know, in that aspect, then maybe Joe didn't pay him maybe because not. because I I'm pretty sure with things like this, it's like that's advertising enough, right? So, yeah, who knows. Who knows? But yeah, he'll be hit by a lawsuit. Um, that's going to be rough. He said he could f- move freely. Kind of said that towards the end. Like he's a, he can just walk around, goes to coffee shops. Sure. Imagine going to Russia and bumping into fucking Snowden. Crazy. Yep. Absolutely. Dude, I would, I would talk his ear off and I'm not even that into this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but you have, I mean, you I have am. great curiosity about those things. So you would. You'd, want, you'd just listen. It would be... T- Man, it would be too interesting. Wouldn't it? Oh, it would be way too interesting. I mean, these Wait. were these were a fast moving three hours of what he had to say. Because I knew about Stone and I knew what he did, but I'd never really gotten into the weeds about it. It was just one of those things that, and a lot of people had opinions on it. And I was like, eh, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I feel one way or the other about it. I because I just it was it piqued my interest enough to have a general curiosity, but I never sought it out. But this was the most in-depth I'd yeah. heard about what he went through, what he did, and it was pretty fascinating. Yeah. What we're going to try and do for this podcast, too, is that a lot was covered, right? And if you're into interested in it, obviously, we're just reviewing it. We're not going to go into every addict part of it. But there were there was talk of, like, uh, the stellar wind. Yeah. Um, the different interpretations of the laws, and da, da. so in the in the description for this, in the link, the bio, I'm gonna put as many links as I can find to different aspects of that. So if you want to learn more about each thing, I mean, I'm kind of curious. It's just kind of how I work, and I've got time, so so I just kind of do those things. I just look at stuff and see if it's interesting. Yeah. But I'll put it all on there. I think it's helpful addition. You know, I don't know whether you're listening to this before or after you listen to uh, the Snowden podcast. Um, you know, if it happens to be before, then you'll have a bunch of links that you can click through our bio as you listen to him. And it just gives a little bit more information if, if you want to delve into stuff. Um, yeah, so there's yep. that. Uh, so it turns out Dick Cheney is the devil. Did you notice that one? Oh, yeah. That was one thing I knew already. But yeah, it's quite it's 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 quite clear how he felt about that. <laughs> yeah, not a big fan of that dude. But he fucked all of the laws. Yeah. he just went nope. That's terrifying. That can be done. It's absolutely terrifying, isn't it? With no, he, yeah, it almost makes you think when they say, "Oh, we want a seasoned politician, and we want someone that knows how to navigate the different um, organizations and and how to get people to work together." I mean, Snowden almost implied, no, when you have someone like that, they can manipulate everyone all at once. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even the fact that the program went down to just simply two people, it was Bush and some other guy in the, in the office talking about it. Um, yeah, David Adamson, yes, yes, the lawyer. Well said. Um, it is. And he, and what resonated with me in regarding that is that... Um, a lesson to be learned for all of us is that how we responded to fear. We were really afraid after 9-11, um, and we 
kind of put all our power into a small select group and they abuse the shit out of it. And that's a little, that's a little terrifying. And I don't think humans ever learn that lesson. I'd like to say we would, but I don't think we're ever going to learn that lesson. We get scared. We look to somebody to solve yeah. the problems. That's just how we do it. When no good decisions are made from a place of fear, that's something that Snowden said. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's very true. You know, it's even like a basic adage that we often talk about in jujitsu. We don't say it in the same way, but like if you're panicking, if you're scared, if you're really exerting yourself too much, you're not going to think of the best way to get out no. of a move. Never. You need. It's better to just stop for a second and calm down than it is to start fighting for your life in the sense of do it. It's just not effective. Mm-hmm. You're gonna panic. Yep. You know you're gonna panic, and then they create something called Stella Wind. They don't think of that name, Stella Wind. What a fucking bunch of assholes! Like, oh yeah, we can just fly in now, no warrants you know strip all their rights um it just is it's like the kings of england yeah that's what america is not about yep you know exactly i mean that i'm reminded of this every fourth of july i'm reminded of this thank you all my american friends that want to text me and be like fuck you and the king and i'm like what we don't even have a king (laughs) and also i've lived here for 25 years so yes i'm sorry it's um yeah, it's antithetical to the foundation of the country, as it were, the Fourth Amendment. I mean, they hammer that home pretty hard. That uh, you know, illegal search and seizure—you can't just go into somebody's house. You can't surveil them without a warrant, without probable cause. And um, yeah, you had it was trampled on, and it was done in secret. And what really resonated with me is how they kept doing it and they kept using the term um for national security and he was like and you think it's you know it's like for us but it's really not it's state security and i'd never heard it put that way that was that was bone chilling Uh, how'd you feel about that yeah no there was a bunch of those moments and i completely agree that one excuse me yeah it's the morning it's it's, it's exactly that. It's the same as Stella Wind. It's like you hear these names, the Patriot Act. Ugh. You know, it's just like the the Protect America Act. Yep. It's not. It's the Protect the Politician Act. 100%. The Patriot Act has nothing to do with patriots at all. It's the, once again, protect government officials while they, you know, take away your rights. It's just, they even use names. Yeah that sound really good to just fuck you and it's horrific and he made a good point it's like the better the name yep the more it sounds like make america safe the worse it is it's gonna be you know what you know what i thought he really did well and and a point he drove home and it was a point that i'd never really thought of was that it was simply a bunch of guys trying to keep their jobs and move up the ladder and he was like, that's what the conspiracy mm-hmm. is. And it put it in such a perspective that I guess seems simple, but it, I guess it's not, at least not to me, this idea that conspiracies aren't a bunch of dudes in a, in a conference room smoking and dim lighting and coming up with ways to manipulate the world. It's just a bunch of pencil pushing bureaucrats who want to keep their jobs. And so they're like, well, we do it this way and we all benefit or 
it com- the truth comes out and we get fucked and we lose our jobs and we lose everything else. That's kind of, that's almost a little scarier to me in a way because it's like, I can totally see that because I mean, we've all worked bullshit jobs. We've all worked those jobs where we fucking hated our bosses and you're like, this guy's such a dickhead or an ass kisser or whatever. And it's like, they're just the same. It's just the same kind of douchebag. Except now these douchebags have a shit ton of power, but they don't want to lose their job. They'll throw people under the bus and they'll definitely do what it takes to move up. And that's kind of was part of it. There's the idea that I just want to keep my job and maybe move up and be the hero a little bit. And this is the way I got to do it. And you had, so while you had all this power concentrating these small groups of guys that just didn't want to lose their jobs. And here we have a massive existential threat to quote unquote democracy. I don't know. That unnerved me. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, this, this wasn't as like fascinating and as exciting to hear. No in the spectacular way as say bob lazar right right because he's talking about the aliens and this is what they have in these ships and blah blah blah. but let's not forget snowden had access to the ultimate google yep before anyone did and you can tell by the way that he speaks analyzes things throws things back out like we just pointed it out he made us realize oh these are the ways that these things are working yeah. Now imagine someone that thinks that analytically and now they have this system which they know how to run and he's looking at everything in it and all of a sudden he's not finding real conspiracies in the sense of like, you know, trying to get blood out of babies right, or, to inject into billionaires right. or like any of the weird things or aliens or whatever. He just saw <laughs> simple, basic stupidity and greed and lack of foresight and low moral values and yeah. just and just exactly that these fuckers want to go to the hamptons on the weekend and play yep. golf with their buddies yep. they don't want to get into the weeds and they definitely don't want to go to jail yep it, it, that's that's what i got 100 fuck me no surprise right no surprise no surprise i mean it was and it wasn't it was it was surprising to me that it was so simple as to just that there were every other asshole you've ever met that there was no it was no sinister plot. It was just a bunch of cunts keeping their jobs. Uh, I keep emphasizing yeah. that. But what do you think? What do you think is the solution? What? How do they? Is is it like tons of oversight? Yes. Um. What? Yeah. Well, I think. Well, I be. think. I think it's tons of oversight, and I think God help us. It's somebody in power that finds it unacceptable. Um. Which is a very tall order because once someone's in power, it's very difficult for them to relinquish any of that power. I mean, I mean, check this out. You can look at Obama. Uh, Everybody thought Obama was going to be the the big savior of this stuff. Nothing got better under Obama in terms of like surveillance. This was all during Obama's term. That didn't get better. And why? And a lot of people thought it would, but why didn't it? Because they're not going to give up power. And there's and there's two reasons. One, because they like having the power. But two, they probably feel as if they're one of the few people that can make that difference. And to give that power up gives, the, gives up a tool that they feel is crucial in doing what they want, they want to do. And 
uh, I, I'm sure in some instances there are altruistic intentions, but I mean, what's the old adage? Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Nothing got better. Nothing got better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I said to you, like, um, look, I have the ability to give you almost infinite power and you're like, listen, no one should have that. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it to you for a day, but you've got to give right. it back. Never gonna happen. Yeah, it's um, it's Frodo handing Gandalf the ring and Lord of the Rings, saying, "Take it." And he's like, "Nope, don't tempt me. I will fuck shit up with that because <laughs> I will, I will yeah. rain terror with that because I'll like it too much." Um, oh, it gives me the chills. Yeah. That's that's a great. Point. I mean, I think I forgot about amongst that. the candidates running for president that I've heard. There's only been one candidate that has, and this was in the last cycle, I believe, and I could be wrong, so don't quote me, but I believe they asked if Bernie would pardon Edward Snowden. I think he said yes. I might be wrong. Feel free to correct me and tell me I'm an idiot if I am, guys, but I'm pretty sure Bernie was the only one that said yes. Everyone else, they towed the line. Um, was like, no, 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 bad, bad, bad. What he did was bad, bad, bad. And I think, so if you're looking at a field of candidates, the only one I feel like I would have any confidence in and perhaps changing that, um, and changing how things are might be Bernie. I'm not saying that's not an endorsement for him. Yay or nay. I'm just simply saying you're asking, how do we change that? And my answer is, I think you need somebody with power. They would yeah. make the, cho- make that choice. Well, and I feel first like first off, it- Bernie might be the only one. Yeah. First off, endorse whoever you want. Nobody gives a shit about who we endorse. No, it's true. But Tulsi Gabbard, or she did, she did say, but she got no momentum at all in this, so it didn't really make a difference. But this brings up an interesting point, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's not just about forgiving him, but wouldn't it be amazing if you created a government organization and they are called the whistleblowers, mm. and all they do is just step in to different organizations with massive access and they then you know look at what they're doing and they go to the courts and they're like okay this is what we found right now yeah they'd be seen as like snitches probably everyone would hate them they're like the the most ultimate you know internal they'd affairs. Be internal but affairs. if they had pretty strict guidelines about in a sense right but they're not just looking for like internal affairs stuff. right Right, because internal affairs are not like properly whistleblowing things. They're looking for like real thing. They're looking for the shit the whistleblowers used to get prosecuted for and have to leave the country for, like exclusively. Right. So they're not wasting their time on the small shit. They're looking at the big picture and they're saying, "Hey, this is fucked," or "This is fucked." You know what I mean? On a much larger scale, that would be pretty fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and to say that it wouldn't allow things to run, it's like, yeah, it would, because they still got to go to court. They still got to, you know, get that point discussed. Exactly. And 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 maybe they don't have to come straight to the public with everything immediately. Mm-hmm. They just go to the courts, and then they kind of figure out. Or if it they out, if right? they were simply the ones that decided what was classified and declassified, like how Snowden yeah. said, even going Some- to lunch was classified because everything in the NSA is simply classified as a matter of course what if they were the ones that said no these unless it's a matter of defense security or homeland security or domestic security notice i'm not using the word national 
Um, no, it doesn't get classified anymore. Period. Like if it's sensitive information, if it puts people in harm's way, that's classified. Otherwise, nope. You don't get to because yeah, it is amazing how you were saying, you know, it was that was private information be, being hid from the public, and the public should be the ones that have the private information and the public figure, and then you have the the actual people that's serving in Congress. That should be all open. That should be open to the people. But the people should have privacy. And it's completely the opposite way around. I thought that was pretty fascinating. Yeah, that that was a very odd um, way of looking yeah. at it. Well, no, it was a smart way of looking at it. But it was odd for my brain exactly. to like put that together. I'm like, oh, shit, that's a good point. But again, it's that fucking thing. They've got power. They've got power. And it's like, let's never forget. Like, whoever has the most power, fuck, we only have power because there's so many of us. Yeah. And anytime they try to take that away, which they're always doing, it is something to think about. It's one of those kind of annoying arguments for me when it comes to the Second Amendment. You know, I'm an English person. Yeah. Where I was born. I We don't have guns there. And we don't have really any gun violence. Right. So I don't like gun violence. So when I hear that, I'm like, this is bad. But then I also went to high school in New Mexico. And I heard very thoughtful people that I respected very well say, listen, this is why it's important in America for us to keep these Mm -hmm. things. And I don't don't know. It's so muddy in a lot of ways that, that I don't, I don't want, I don't. I haven't made my mind up on it. I don't want to. I like the fact right. that there are different sides to this argument. And that it's one of the best things about America is there are different sides and you're allowed to have it. Nobody's all forced to think one way. And uh, it was a lot more like that in England. There, there was a lot more singular, singular thinking. And then, you know, the other types of ways of thinking were not. Mm-hmm. There was no dialogue for it. There's a lot more of that in the U.S. and that's cool. And And... Not saying you need guns to be empowered, but oh, sh- you tell me it doesn't scare the shit out of the government that, like, everyone in Texas can shoot you. <laughs> Scares the shit out of me. Right? I mean, for whatever that means, whatever that means, it just, it's something. And uh, when you hear these sorts of podcasts, you're like, huh, I wonder. Like, I wonder what value that is. You know, it doesn't have to be me owning the gun, but maybe I'm okay with a few people having some. True. What did you think of all the phone stuff? The phone tapping, the phone, um, you know, the phone tapping shit was going back to like the 70s where they didn't even need um, a warrant for it. And now like AT&T keeps all of your oh, phone since, records and has for a very long since time. Since 87, yeah. That's, um, I don't love Crazy. it. I don't love it. It's not, yeah. Well, uh, and the fact that they, um. That the continuous surveillance was based, uh, 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 the cooperation was based on a law being passed that they couldn't be sued. That's fucked up to me. Yeah, that's so fucked. It's like, it's so fucked. I mean, it doesn't even seem that useful. It's just like they just collect all this data and, you know, and it it wasn't long after all this stuff Mm -hmm. that in in the NSA (laughs) shit came out that, like, all of a sudden now, Google, Facebook, all the banks, all the major companies are massive 
data collectors. I mean, yeah. maybe they always were. Could be. But, like, you did start to notice, even with the banks, they would break up, like, how you're spending. Yeah. Look at these free pie charts we make for you so you can monitor your income. And you're like, wait, are you doing this to help me? Or are you doing this so that you know every way that everyone is spending yep. money? It's like suddenly the data within your um, account is more valuable than the money that you're mm-hmm. putting in it. It's like who cares? It, who cares if we have two hundred dollars of your money? I'd rather know how you spend all your money all year. This this like information grabbing thing is is a little scary, and I I don't think we're getting away from um, it. At the end of the day, infor- knowledge is power, and if they have all that information. I, it does just because I can't foresee what they might do with it doesn't mean there's something that they can't do with it, uh, or that somebody's something that somebody else can't do with it. Even if they can use it to predict spending habits in a way to manipulate you into buying different things, even that's like eh, it's it's a lot of power to be able to manipulate people into or influence people into certain spending habits. It's a little it's a little fucking freaky. And I don't like it. Well, it's not just it's not just what you're buying too. I mean, a big part of it is tracking where you Absolutely. are. He talked about location tracking on phones. So it's like it's like before you leave your house, there could be an app on your phone that says, "Hey, you're you're at your door," right? right? And it says there's a seventy four percent chance that at this time of the day, on this day, you are going to Starbucks and you are going to buy X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z. Then you're going to go over and get a burrito across the road. Then, then you're going to meet with so-and-so. Yeah. Now, maybe you're not doing those things. Maybe you're like, oh, no, I was just heading to the post office. But it could. it's saying, look, that's 75% chance. The other thing is unusual that you would do it. You're more likely to do the other thing. And on those days when you're like actually doing it, I mean, it could be like a funny app to have. It's just like, oh, look at that app telling me what I'm sure. going to be doing. But it's exactly what they're trying to figure out. They want to know everyone's movements. And I say they like it's a conspiracy. I just mean companies, your right. bank, Google. The it, it just it's useful. Someone that's to not you. Is there gonna is there gonna be a boiling point? Is there gonna be a a part where we're like where people come together and say enough's enough? We love all this technology. We want to use it, but you need to figure out this shit so that you just don't completely strip away all our rights. Um, it, there'll have to be a tipping point. Because right now, no one really feels affected by it. Like, it's kind of creepy that you look at something online and then an advertisement shows up for it on a completely different app on your phone five minutes later. People are a little wigged out about it. Mm-hmm. But there, you haven't, there hasn't been that tipping point that where people have felt the effects of it. And I think until then, it's just yeah. not going to... I mean, it's kind of like when you're a teenager and you get your first car... You don't get regular oil changes. You kind of wait for the engine to kind of fuck up or the radiator to go. And then you're like, oh, I probably should have been doing oil changes. But it just, it's because until it causes you pain on a real visceral level, I don't think there's, I don't think there's going to be a come to Jesus moment. Now, if you have, Uh, that's that's what I feel. It's a, what about, right? What about a new company like mm -hmm. Amazon? Because almost no one can overthrow Amazon, right? right? But check this out. This company comes in, and it's kind of set up like those meal companies that send meals to Mm -hmm. your house. It's like before you know it, you're getting six meals every week. You forget to turn it off. It's a subscription, and now you've got more meals than you can even fit in your freezer, and you're sick of them. But check this. 
So it's similar to that, but all the shit is even half the price of Amazon. Mm. But you don't order it. It's all based on your habits. On those yeah, it's all based on those habits. And instead of those things just popping up on on a website you're on, it actually gets sent to your house. Now you can refuse anything that comes, or you can ship anything back. And maybe you don't even have to ship it back at the the mail store. You could just leave it outside your door with a different sticker on. But it still happens that way. And the and the payoff for you is oh, it's half as much that you would spend if you actually needed sure. to buy it. So it's kind of like you're hoping that they will send you the things that you need and then you can send the other things back. And then all of a sudden you want them to have more of your information to to get the right things sent to you for very cheap. But that's it, you're fucked. Yeah. And it just goes like that. It's th- that's the kind of tipping point I would see. Now that seems crazy as an idea. But I was thinking it the other day as I was ordering these meals, because obviously I came to Paris. I didn't want any more of them. It was like a pain in the ass to stop it. Interesting. And I was like, I'm not even fucking yeah. eating these things. Yeah. Well, that's what they hope. They hope you don't want to stop it so that you, they keep getting your business. Um, I think <clears throat> as it, Wait, just as it is right now, it's, 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 it's an accepted inconvenience for what we feel is a greater comfort. And we'll continue to accept a greater inconvenience for greater comfort until the scales tip, I think. So we'll accept, I mean, we'll unsubscribe to every goddamn newsletter to have email. You know what I mean? Type of thing. Uh, it's not, it's a crude analogy, but like we, you accept the fact that you're going to get junk mail, that princes from Nigeria are going to hit you up and be like, yo, can I send you these millions of dollars and blah, 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 blah. You know, you're going to get those emails. It's an accepted inconvenience. Uh, it, it's the price you pay for having email. You know you're going to get spam and pop-ups when you go on the internet. It's a price you pay for having the internet. Yeah. It's kind of it, it's kind of that accepted inconvenience. You know they're storing your data, but you get all these perks for it. You get to look up your ex-girlfriend from high school on Facebook and see how fat she is. And you get to... Well, that that's yeah. the point. It, is you're saying the price you yeah. pay. It's we think this shit is free... But it's actually becoming more expensive mm-hmm. than we can ever know. It's just you can't quantify True. it. If they could quantify that price, if somebody could say to you, actually, Facebook costs you $47 a month. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And they're like, no, no, no. This is why. Yeah. And then if if somebody could put that together, all of a sudden you realize that it's like $600 a month. right? The reason that millennials can't buy houses yep. is because... Yep. Really, what they're doing is they're unknowingly paying these huge fees, not straight from their bank account, not from their paycheck, but just in another way, the money all goes to these giant mm-hmm. companies and away from people wanting to get... And we just realize, oh, we, we all have these massive subscriptions we can't pay for. Yep. I don't know. That's just that's one of those stoner thoughts that I would have. But it seems like that to me. That's what I was getting from this. This one freaked me out, man. Yeah. This was wild. I was like, holy shit. Yep. It it, it, it was it eerie in that it kind of confirmed what I already knew. But then I, I just kind of heard it and I was like, ah, shit. I was right. It's kind of like, it, you know, when you think you've like broken your toe or something, you're like, ah, oh, I bet it's broken. Like, and then you go to the doctor and he's like, yeah, it's broken. And you're like, fuck. I was hoping it wasn't that, but it's mm-hmm. definitely that. You know what I mean? 
and now we have to deal yeah. with the reality of it. Well, let's hope in, in a way some of this shit comes out and they sort out that whistleblower law so that he gets somewhat of a fair trial. And I and I think there is a day in the future when maybe he can come back and they will let him off. Or maybe he has a trial and it's so televised and it's there's so much dialogue that he just gets off and it's seen as a win for right. America. It's a win for freedom. It's back to like the real core and basics and the, the things that protect us as the people. And then we're like, you know what? If we can do this, Maybe we can do some good shit. It's not all hopeless. This was this was a nine oh, out of easy. ten for me, just for the just for the impact yeah. of what it is and how important I think it is, and and it just goes to show. Listen, Joe didn't say a lot, and it says a lot about that in the sense of this is a mega forum now, huge, right? Yep. The it, what more can you say? I mean, every time, yeah, even since you started doing the podcast with me and reviewing it it's like even during that short time has changed just with the candidates it's amazing come on and it's gonna happen more and more it's gonna happen more and more yeah he's, he's stamped his place of he's course stamped it is his place in the american lexicon of of q a i mean he gives people a forum it gives people a forum that absolutely no one else gives there's no one else that gives you three hours to simply talk just it just doesn't happen yeah, if, if, if you wanted to know about how the government runs and works its business through information and breaking the law and all the rest of it, there, there's no Fox News channel, there's no 60 Minutes, there's no any other resource in, on the planet you would have turned to that, in a sense, at least as far as Edward Snowden's concerned, this yep. would be it. it yeah. It's true. It was solid. Loved Me it. Me too. All right, brother. I'm signing out from Paris. Thank you, as always, guys, for downloading and listening. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of links on this one. Click them if you want. If not, then whatever. Just listen to Rogan talk to Snowden. That's probably going to be enough. Follow us on Joe Rogan Experience Review Instagram. The Instagram is going to be changing a little bit coming up. We've got um, uh, someone better than me to do it. It was never really my forte. Mark's going to be taking that over, so yeah. uh, keep an Have eye a new out. Logo and then soon, things like mess- that. It'll be cool. It's going to be cool. Yep. Any anything else? Any other new news? Website? Uh, yeah, we got. A, yeah, you got a. We got a website that's coming up. Um, Instagram is going to be more active, mm-hmm. I think, um, coming up in the next uh, one to two weeks. I think you, you know, a lot of what we talk about in the podcast, you're going to see um, that pop up the Instagram. So that'll be just another avenue to Sweet. follow any information that's brought up, whether it's links, you know, comedians that we love that we mentioned that haven't been heard of, heard from in 20 years, um, jokes, whatever. I mean, whatever tickles our fancy, whatever relates back to the podcast, you'll see that. See a new logo. Uh, you see a website. Yeah, the that'll the also idea be a is just uh... for information that we discuss on the uh, podcast. So, yeah, a lot of fun, cool new stuff coming up. Sweet. It's yeah. It's just to can make it concise, yeah. right? And get get as much information from his podcast, the you guys' brain, as you can find. Because the it, the idea originally was just that for me. It was like sometimes I like these guests. I want to know more yep. about them, and it just it just sends me on a rabbit hole of searching stuff. And I was like, man, if someone could just put this shit together, that exactly. would be awesome. Well, it wasn't happening, so maybe we can do it. Maybe not though. We'll find out. 
Yep. <laughs> we'll see. All right. All right, Thanks, brother. guys. Appreciate Enjoy it. Enjoy some beignets. <laughs>